Carlos sent me an email, and he gave me a topic, a subject to speak on. And uh, he, he wanted me uh, to talk about the eschatological implications of supralapsarianism in an egalitarian context. I said, how about if I talk about gratitude? Uh, so he said, well, okay, sure. So yeah, so we're doing tangible gratitude. And you have an outline, I think. Do you have an outline there? And you'll see we've got three things. I like to always give people an outline. Uh, I tell them, you know, it gives you hope because you can see, hey, there's an end to this thing. Look at this, you know? Um, so I got three main ideas we're going to look at. And with each idea, we're going to have an action step, a practical, tangible action step that you can take home and work on. So this is tangible gratitude. All right, so here's the main idea. When, uh, when you're raising your kids and you want to teach them to say thank you, you use a little phrase. It's at the top of your outline. What do you say? Right? Yeah. You do something good for your kids. You go, what do you say? Right? And they chirp, thank you. Right? That's how it's supposed to work. So we teach our kids gratitude with this. So here's the question I want to pose. I want to look at three different times in our lives when this might be the question God would put to us. What do you say? And three different opportunities for gratitude. And I'm going to tell you right up front, the first one is really obvious. You're going to go, well, duh, that is so, everyone knows that. The second one is highly counterintuitive. And when, I, when we get there, you might go, really? And the third one might just be a little bit of a surprise. Sound like fun? Yeah. All right. So here we go. Number one, what do you say when something good happens to you? Thank you. Thank you. Right. Yeah, of course. Uh, and we say that a lot, right? Someone does something nice for you, says something good to you, whatever it is. And we just naturally say thank you. And all of us, every day, are blessed in multiple ways, are the recipients of other people's kindness or favor or generosity. You know, so just as an example here, a few weeks back on a Wednesday, uh, I received a really encouraging note from a friend of mine. Just took the time to write me a little, and just, you know, and what did I say? Thank you. Yeah, thank you. That was very kind that you took the time to do that. Uh, the next day on Thursday, I was having a meeting with someone who happened to be around, around lunchtime, and he showed up with lunch. Uh, he brought uh, pizza from one of my favorite places in Spokane, the Flying Goat. And uh, so, what do you say? Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad that you brought lunch. On Friday, I played golf with some buddies, and these guys were exceedingly generous. They kept giving me putts that they should have made me putt. And... <laughs> How many of you are golfers out there, huh? You got some golfers? Okay, yeah. So you know what a gimme is? That's where, yeah. So, you know, you're, you're this far or this far or this far from the hole, and they just say, oh, that's a gimme. Pick it up. You don't have to put it. They just give it to you. And you know if, if someone says it's a gimme, what do you say? You say thank you and pick it up, right? Yeah, don't mess with putting it. By the way, a gimme is a nervous agreement between two golfers who can't putt. That's what it is. But anyway... <laughs> I, so, uh, I said thank you, right? On Saturday, Lena told me that she loved me. First time in years. It was awesome. No, 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 I'm kidding. She tells me that every day, don't you, honey? Yes. But what do you say when someone says, I love you? You say, thank you. Yeah, you say, I love you too, but thank you. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, every day good things come our way. Every day we experience God's blessings in more ways then we can count. And uh, so I got a little story here from Alice Johnson. This one really struck me. She said, when I was a young mother with two preschoolers, I often felt overwhelmed. How many of you have preschoolers? 
Got a few of you here in the room? Okay. You know this feeling? Yeah? We, Lane and I had five kids, and uh, uh, our oldest was born 18 months later. Number two was born 18 months later, twins. So our oldest was three, just turned three, an 18-month, and, and then the twins. <laughs> and we owned stock and Pampers, I'm telling you, it was amazing. But... And then three years later, our caboose, Michael, was born. So yeah, we, it, we often felt overwhelmed. You know that feeling. So she says, I felt overwhelmed. One night, I fell into bed exhausted. I poured out my frustrations to God. God, the kids won't mind. The house is a mess, and my husband doesn't seem to care. The list went on. She said, then the Lord whispered to my heart, which one do you want me to take away? My kids, my house, my husband, everything I was complaining about was precious to me. And immediately I stopped complaining and I began thanking God for everything on my list. Whew. What a change in perspective. What do you want me to take away? When good things come your way, what do you say? Let's try it again. When good things come your way, what do you say? Thank you. Right, we say thank you. So here's a story. Most of you will know this story. Luke 17, verses 11 to 19. We'll read it here from Scripture. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. So in Jesus' day, leprosy was about the worst thing you could have. It'd be equivalent to, to AIDS or cancer. Only what made it even worse was it was not only a death sentence physically, but it was socially. You were ostracized from everybody. You had to live alone or in a leper colony. And so when Jesus heals these 10 lepers, he not only gives them their health back, he gives them their lives back, right? They're able to go home and see their families and their friends. What do you say when someone gives you your life back? Thank you. And yet only one came back to say thanks. I want to ask you a question. Do you think the other nine were probably grateful? I think so. I think they were grateful. They were probably just so excited to go see their families that they didn't stop to think. But one of them did. One of them stopped and turned around. And Jesus asks this haunting question. Where are the other nine? Do you think Jesus ever asked that about us? That we're living in the midst of God's blessings, his goodness, his kindness, and we, like the nine, forget to say thanks. Are we thankful? I think a lot of times we are, but we just don't think to stop and say thank you. So here's the action step. Action step for this first point. Each day this week, do an inventory of your blessings. Do an inventory of your blessings and give thanks. Now, you might want to do that at the end of the day. You might want to do it over dinner with your family. That's a great family exercise. Uh, is there anybody in the room that has used a gratitude journal? Anybody? Okay, yeah, a few of you have used those. You know, those have become really popular in the last five or ten years, 
And uh, I, I was originally going to say they've become a cottage industry, but it's way bigger than a cottage. Because if you go, go onto Amazon and type in gratitude journal, I mean, there are literally hundreds or thousands of them for sale. Um, but what it is, just a, a journal where you do that very thing. At the end of the day, you sit down and you write out three things or five things or as many as you want that you're grateful for. You stop and take some time to reflect and remember that God has been good to you. A daily blessings inventory. Every day is full of blessings, good things to be thankful for. And when something good happens to you, what do you say? Thank you. That's right. All right, let's go to the hard one. Ready? Number two. This is the counterintuitive one. What do you say when something hard happens to you? (laughs) Kind of quiet, huh? That's because what you say you probably can't repeat in church. (laughs) All right, what I want to explore with you is what if there's a good reason to say thank you for the hard things too? All right, so Krista Rose in Chillicote, Ohio, wrote this really cute little thing. This is like from 30 years ago, and I kept this story all these years. I love it. She said, some neighbors of my grandparents gave them a pumpkin pie as a holiday gift. As lovely as the gesture was, it was clear from the very first bite that the pie tasted terrible. It was so inedible, my grandmother had to throw it in the trash. Ever gracious and tactful, she still felt obligated to send the neighbors a thank you note. The thank you note read, thank you very much for the pumpkin pie. Something like that doesn't last very long in our house. (laughs) Uh, That's a creative way to say thank you, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, So I want to explore this idea. Can we really honestly say thank you when something hard, something bad happens. Now, why might you do that? What do you think? Why might you say thank you for something hard? Anybody want to take a stab? Ah, say that again, please. Something good comes out of it, yeah. You know, it seems to me that I read a verse somewhere in the Bible about that. That God is at work in what? In all things for good, for those who love him. Yeah, in fact, I'll put that verse up in just a minute. Let, let me, let's look at a couple of the verses real quick just to kind of set the stage here. Ephesians 5.20, Paul tells us to be filled with the Spirit and says one of the results of that is that we're always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. When do we give thanks? He says, always. And for what do we give thanks? Everything. Always and for everything. Would you say that with me? Always and for everything, we're to give thanks. So hold that thought. We'll come back to that thought. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. When are we to rejoice? Always. How often are we to pray? Continually. And in what do we give thanks? Just the good stuff. Just the good. Is that what it says? No, it says, in all things we give thanks. Hmm. And by the way, it says, this is God's will for us. I love that because how many of you ever puzzled over God's will? Any? We all do at times, right? Like, what's God's will? And you know, it seems to me that when the Bible says, this is God's will for you, that we ought to sit up and take note. Yeah. Oh. 
So what does God want? God wants me to give thanks in all circumstances. Why? Here comes that verse, Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. We know that in all things. How can we give thanks? We can give thanks because we know God loves us and is at work in all things for our good. As painful as this is right now, Lord, as much as I don't understand what's going on, I believe that you have my best interest at heart. So thank you. Thank you that you're working. Let me just, now, let's not pretend that this is easy. Is this easy? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's really, really hard. I'll just give you one quick example here. 2002, uh, we embarked on a long campaign to raise money at our church to buy land and build a larger facility for Life Center. And this campaign went on for 17 weeks, way too long. And at the end of it, you know, we do this big offering, and the next week's supposed to be the Celebration Sunday. We made it. It was a $14.5 million campaign, and we didn't even raise a million dollars. I had to get up the next week on Celebration Sunday and say, sorry, friends, swing and a miss. We flopped. We can't even buy the property, let alone build the building. It was embarrassing. Now, did I give thanks? I wrote a resignation letter. <laughs> I thought, our church needs a better leader than me. I just blew this thing to pieces. Fortunately, I didn't turn the resignation letter in. And a few weeks later, we were introduced to a new architect who drew a different plan. And it cost $2.5 million less. And are you ready for this? And was twice the square footage. And so we took that back, went back to the congregation. This time we raised $3.5 million, and, it, and we built the church, and, and that's what we meet in now. So looking back on that afterwards, in fact, it didn't take very long. We didn't even wait for the. But looking back on it afterwards, I thought if we had succeeded in the first campaign and raised the money, we would have built the wrong building. It would have been too small for us from the day we moved in. And God, in his mercy and goodness, said, let me spare you that. Now, I wish he would have just spoken to me. <laughs> right? I mean, I like, had a little conversation like, hey, Joe, you know, this isn't a great idea. Instead, he lets me go through this whole campaign. But God is good, isn't he? God's good. And <laughs> maybe that's the only way I learn. I'm a little thick skulled sometimes. God's will is that we trust him so deeply that no matter the circumstances, we can say, I believe you're at work for my good. Thank you. Thank you. One of my favorite little stories is about a guy. He's the only survivor of a shipwreck, and he washes up on a small uninhabited island. And he prayed. He cried out to God to save him. Every day he scanned the horizon for help, and nothing happened. Eventually, he built a small hut to live in, put his few possessions in there, one day after being out scavenging for food, he came back to find his little hut in flames, smoke rolling up into the sky. And this poor guy was absolutely devastated. I mean, the worst had happened. He wanted to give up, totally defeated. But early the next day, a ship drew near the island and rescued him. He asked them, how in the world did you know I was here? And they said, we saw your smoke signal. What if... What if that hard thing you're going through is your smoke signal? And that God's actually at work rescuing you and you don't even know it. Do you think God could do this for you? Do you think God could turn your circumstances into something good? When your hut is burning, do you believe that God is still good 
And you can say, Lord, I don't understand, but I trust you. Thank you. All right, so a fun story. Um, In the summer of 1970, uh, I I just finished my freshman year in college, and I spent that summer traveling with some college friends. Uh, We were a Christian band called the Joyful Noise. (laughs) And I think we got a picture of us here. And uh, there we are. There's the Joyful Noise. And does that look like 1970? Yeah. (laughs) Kind of the whole Jesus people deal. And you, don't, you won't find me in the picture. I'm the guy behind the camera. But um, we spent the whole summer traveling. Toward the end of the summer, we were in Boise, Idaho for a week. One of the guys uh, on, the, on the kneeling down the below, the second in from the right there, that's Jimmy Pittman. Boise was his hometown, so we were there for a week. And Jimmy knew a young lady from high school who had since developed a really notorious reputation in town. She'd ended up in the hospital um, and uh, Jimmy and I went to visit her and just shared the gospel with her. And then I just felt this tug, I, and I went back every day for the rest of the week uh, just to see if I could help this young lady find Jesus. Well, we got to the end of the week, and it's, it's time to go. And I felt like, oh, man, she's right on the edge. And uh, so we were, we were to leave early the next morning uh, for Nez Perce, Idaho. And um, uh, I asked the director of our group, I said, could I stay behind and just have one more shot, you know, to share the gospel with this gal. She very reluctantly agreed, because this meant I was going to be hitchhiking from Boise up to Nez Perce and, uh, to get to the concert. Well, like I said, she reluctantly agreed. Next morning, 7 a.m., they loaded up the, the VW bug, their bus you saw there, and off they went, left me there. Someone dropped me off at the hospital. I shared, I prayed. I wish I could tell you she came to Jesus. She didn't that time. Hopefully she did later. Uh, that would have made it a really great story, wouldn't it? But anyway... Uh, I shared with her, and then the same person that dropped me off took me out to the edge of town where Highway 55 heads north, and he dropped me off. By then, it's 11 a.m. in the morning. It's 100 degrees out. And I've got a, a garment bag that one of our guys had forgotten. So I'm carrying this garment bag, and then I'd made a sign, a placard, you know, about this big, and it said, Nez Perce or bust, praise the Lord. And he drops me off and leaves me there, and, and, and I, I stick up my sign, and the first car whizzes by me, and the second car whizzes by, and the third, and the fourth, and the fifth, and I'm starting to get a little discouraged, right? And then I remember, hey, just recently, uh, I had, had read this passage, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, pray continually. And in all circumstances, give thanks, for this is God's will for you. And I thought, well, this would be a good test case, right? (laughs) To just see if all day long I could give thanks in everything. And so I I, I realized that, and as the next car goes by, I set down my sign, and I throw up my hands, and I say, thank you, Jesus. That's not the person who was supposed to pick me up. (laughs) And I do that for the next 45 minutes. Every time a car goes by, set my sign down, throw up my hands, and thank Jesus that that wasn't my ride. While I'm doing this, I look over to to my left, and there's just a big empty field, and a bunch of cattle are in it. And uh, that night, I'm supposed to, every night at our concerts, I would give a little talk, and that night I'm supposed to give a little talk, and I thought, well, while I'm here, I'll practice my talk. You know, the the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, says, preach the gospel to every creature. Here's some cows. Let's practice. So... (laughs) So in between cars, I'm preaching to the cows. 
And I don't know if it was my preaching or if they thought I had food, but all the cows in the field started moving toward. I felt like Billy Graham at an altar call. It was astonishing. So, so while I'm standing there, by the way, one of, one, of the, one of the groups of people that went by was there was a, a, a military convoy, you know, the camouflage trucks, like a dozen of them that went by me and, and you know, they, they smiled and waved, but of course they can't stop and pick me up, that's against regs, but they went by and finally after 45 minutes of preaching to the cows and praising God for passing cars, I finally got picked up by an Idaho state trooper and... Uh, <laughs> Uh, the good news is he had just gotten off work, and uh, he saw me there. Was, he was on his way home, which was just like five miles up the road. So it, it was a short ride, but hey, it was a start. Thank you, Lord, right? And away we go. Well, he drops me off at his driveway, and immediately I, I jump out of the car. I stick out my sign, and the very next car that comes by is a young college couple uh, from Pacific Lutheran University in Seattle, and they saw my praise the Lord and thought, whoop, you know, so they swing over, and uh, they give me a ride all the way up to Cascade. We had a, uh, that's where they were vacationing that week, and uh, we had just had a wonderful time uh, talking, and they let me off by a gas station clear up at the north end of town. So I jump out, thank them, I jump out, hold up my sign, and once again, the cars start going by for the next half hour. But every time a car goes by, I set down my sign, Raise my hands and I say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's not that. Now, I do have to tell you that in the middle of the half hour, I got a little discouraged and there were a couple times I prayed, Father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. But most of the time, I thank the Lord. And at the end of the half hour, by the way, I should say about halfway through the half hour, guess who passed me again? The military convoy, the 12 cars. I don't know how I jumped ahead of them. I don't know. But they passed me, and they all, this time, they kind of, they didn't wave. They just kind of smiled, you know, but went on by. And then this, this lady comes out uh, uh, with her, her uh, uh, a young, young son, and uh, she, again, had seen my praise the Lord sign and figured I was a good risk. She was a Christian, because usually, you know, single mom with a little kid, you don't pick up a... Yeah, right. But she picked me up, and again, we had great fellowship. She took me all the way to Riggins. Anyone know where Riggins is? Okay, yeah. Takes me to Riggins, drops me off at the end. Again, it was, it was wonderful. Uh, and uh, this time, I'm across the street from a restaurant, and the same thing, right? I'm, I'm putting down my sign every time a car goes by, throwing up my hands, and I'm thanking the Lord. And I got to tell you, the third time, the military convoy goes by. <laughs> And this time, you could almost hear the Twilight Zone music, you know, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Yeah. How'd this guy get in front of us again? But I'm there throwing up my hands, thanking the Lord, and, and finally, after only 15 minutes, this lady comes out of the restaurant from across the street, and she invites me uh, to, to give me a ride. And, and she said to me, we get in the car, and she says, I usually don't do this. I usually don't pick up hitchhikers. But she says, I've been watching you for 15 minutes. And she says, anyone who talks to themselves as much as you do is either crazy or really nice. I'm rolling the dice here. <laughs> she drove me all the way up to Craigmont, where our group was staying. I got there at 6.30. Our concert was at 7. Just in time to change clothes, get to the concert, and uh, give my talk that night. Can you guess what my talk was that night? You just heard it. Yeah. <laughs> just this fun story that I was learning to give thanks in every circumstance, always and for everything. What do you say when something hard happens? 
Well, I want to suggest that it's okay to say thank you if you really believe there's a God who's actively at work for your good, even in the hardest things. Yeah. And again, I just want to underline, I know it's not easy. This last week, I'm not going to give you any, but this last week, I had two really hard things that I had to deal with. And I wish I could tell you that my immediate response to both of those, oh, thank you, Lord, thank you for this. My immediate response was, Frustration, anger, wanting to throttle someone. Can anybody identify with this? Am I the only one? Yeah. I mean, it was hard. But eventually, I was able to get to the point where I said, God, I believe you're at work in this situation. God, I believe you're at work in this situation. So thank you. Thank you. What do you say when something hard happens? You say, thank you, Lord. All right, here's the action step. Ready? Do an inventory. We said first of your blessings, but this one, do an inventory of your hardships. And then thank God for them. Not only count your blessings, but maybe count your troubles. And then ask yourself, could God be at work in this for my good? Could this be my smoke signal? And if it is, what do you say? Thank you. All right, here's the last thing. Number three, and by the way, this one's really short. This one's like four or five minutes. You okay with that? Yeah. All right, here we go. What do you say when you ask God for something? Uh, thank you. Yeah, usually we say, please, right? Anytime we ask for something, we say, please. I want to suggest when we ask God for something, we also say, thank you. And here's why. Uh, you know, I might ask Lena, I'll say, honey, uh, could you make me breakfast this morning? And then what do I say? Thank you. I say, thank you. Yeah. Could you make me breakfast this morning? Thanks so much for doing that for me. You say, she hasn't done it yet. But I believe she will, Right? And so I express my thanks ahead of time. And we do that all the time with people, don't we? I'm constantly doing that. What if we prayed that way? And you know, the Bible actually has a verse about that. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with what? With thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ. Present your request to God. That's what it says. Tell God what you want, but do it with thanksgiving. We don't wait until God does it to say thanks. We say thanks when we ask. Does anybody in the room, do you have a friend who the only time they call you is when they want something? Oh, that was quick. (laughs) I heard that. Yeah. I think all of us have people like that in our lives, right? And let's be honest. When that friend calls and you, you know, your phone buzzes and you look, what do you, you, you go, oh goody, or do you go, oh boy? Yeah. I wonder how God feels when we pray. Because sometimes, I'll be honest, sometimes my prayers are all asking not many thanks. Isn't that, isn't that true? Gimme, gimme, gimme. I'm like Bob, and what about Bob? I need, I need, I need. Gimme, gimme, gimme. And I wonder, I wonder if God ever sees my number on his phone and goes, oh boy, it's Joe again. Maybe that's why Paul wrote, present your request to God with thanksgiving. God, would you help me with this? Thank you. I believe you will. Just like I think Lena's going to fix that breakfast I asked, I think you're going to help me, Lord. Thank you. What if our prayers were as much thanking as they were asking? What would that do for us? So here's the action step. Ready? 
the action step is when you pray this week, spend as much time thanking as asking. And one simple way to do that is to attach a thank you to every request. Every time you ask God for something, just thank him ahead of time because you believe he's hearing you and he's going to help you. So here's how we're going to finish today. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me. And we're just going to take a moment to pray right now and to practice. And in these next few moments, if you want to use the whole time just to thank God for your blessings, all the good things he's doing in your life, that would be great. If you want to sprinkle in a couple of the hard things and say, Lord, this is really hard. I don't understand it. I'm not happy about it. But I do believe you're at work for my good. Thank you. Maybe this is my smoke signal. Or if there's something you just are desperate to ask God for, go ahead and ask. But ask him with thanksgiving. Let's take the next couple moments and let's pray. Lord, earlier we sang that your goodness is pursuing us, running after us. Thank you. Thank you for being so good to us. So good with all of the blessings, the benefits, all that positive stuff that we see in our lives. Every good and perfect gift, James says, comes from above, from the hand of a Father who loves us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And Lord, I believe that even in my difficult things, the hard things, the failures, the struggles, that you and your mercy are at work for my good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This week, Lord, this week, help us live with tangible gratitude all week long. Always and for everything. In Jesus' name.